Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I love, love, love going through Colossians, not for y'all, for me. I love me to Colossians. Who are my Colossians people? Oh my gosh, this is a stiff drink of gospel. This is a stiff drink of God's goodness. And uh, so we're going to dive in. We're going to do our best. Oh, you are awesome, Rich. Um, we're going to dive in to hopefully the verses 13 through 23. And I- I'm just going to read them aloud for a minute um, because one of the difficulties with some of these passages, anybody read a, bu- uh, a passage, especially like this, and it's just a bunch of words. Like, you know, you, by the way, you, you wake up about three verses on and you're like, what? So I'm going to read it aloud with a little bit of dramatic inflection. And, uh, and then we're going to break, break it down, all right? Break it down. All right, here we go. Verse 13. Four. Now, the first thing I've got to ask you, when you read the word for, what does that tell you? Something went before. So we'll go back to that in a second. For he, who's he? God, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. See, that son, the kingdom of the son, the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven, things on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. That's Jesus. And in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything, how much? Everything. Everything, He might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things. What things? All All things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies enemies of God in your minds. In your minds. Anybody have problems in your mind? Enemies. It's all in your head. Enemies in your mind. Because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and don't move from this hope held out to you in the gospel. Oh, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is a sword that divides between soul and spirit, between the confusion in our minds and, and the, the mess around us and the truth of that your spirit is speaking to us. We ask today that you would cut us to the quick to reveal your goodness towards us like never before. In your beautiful name, amen. All right, so jumping back, verse 13, we said it starts out with what? The verse says four. 
So we gotta, if we're gonna understand why this whole passage, what he's talking about, we have to back up a little bit. I'm not gonna make you redo all week one, don't worry. So let's go, let's just roll back to verse nine. Remember, this is what Paul is praying. He's not praying like wishfully, he's praying the will of God for them, okay? We continually, and I started to realize all of this stuff actually might be better to be diagrammed. So let me, I, I made up a little diagram. So hopefully we'll see how this works. Because I, I, for me, when I'm reading tons of words and it's not getting to my heart, I slow down. I start asking questions. I say, Jesus, what's going on here? What are you saying to me? Right? I don't want, listen, if you and I get a revelation, but it doesn't touch our heart and doesn't change our life, it's useless. Stay with me. Who are my people? You know who you are. I'm one, I've been one of those that you have pursued every revelation under heaven and earth and were twice the son of hell by the end. You know what I'm talking about. You get, oh, look at that little fuzz. Oh, this little shiny revelation. The only revelation, you know what the last book of the Bible is called? The revelation of Jesus Christ. If you get a revelation and it doesn't show you Jesus more clearly that you can climb up and cuddle with him closer, you missed it. Don't make me whack you. I'm telling you because I've been down every revelatory rabbit hole on the planet. There is a man, I, I've said this before, a friend of mine uh, came up to me, we were, this was right about, we, we, and he goes to me one day, he goes, what's the revelation? In other words, what's the new revelation? And I said, Jesus, there's no other revelation. All right, there we go. So here's what he does. So what is he praying? He's praying for God to fill. Okay, fill us with What? with the knowledge of what God is going to do. God's will. Knowledge of what, what God is like and what he's going to do. God, there I can, there, and will do. All right, so this is, he is going to do this, right? And it said, but anybody here got, understand, got something from God, but you still don't know what to do with it? Well, I've got good news for you. If you need it, the Spirit, the Spirit will give, gives you the wisdom and understanding. In other words, of what to, how, what does this mean? How does this, what do I do with this? All right, moving on. So that... You may live a life worthy of the Lord. Now, we talked about this before. This word worthy is to be qualified by God. So our worthiness, anybody realize, isn't it good news that you're not worthy on your own, but you are made worthy? So guess what? God makes us worthy. And the result is, guess what? We live a life. We live life that is pleasing. Now, here's my, this is the best way I can describe pleasing. You, pleasure is the sign that you are walking in something you were created for. Anybody had this experience when you were doing something and suddenly you came alive? Right? And, okay, who are my people who go back to the ancient days when you had rabbit ears on top of a TV? You know what I mean? And you move, you move the antenna until what happens? The picture gets clear, Right? <laughs> That's pleasure. 
You were made. That's why it says that his right hands are pleasures forevermore. But anybody had pleasure that ended in bitterness. Uh-huh. That's sin. Sin is trying to get what God has promised to it by our own means. That's a sure sign. When God gives a blessing, he adds no sorrow to it. Right? And so his, so you sit there and go, ah, that's what I made for. This is what I made for. So we live a life that is pleasing to God and actually causes us to be pleased, filled with his pleasure. All right. And so therefore, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. So God is pleased, right? God is pleased. And that results in us bearing fruit. Anybody want a life that bears fruit? Like bearing fruit means, anybody here been around the mountain 43 times and have nothing to show for it? That is not bearing fruit. Bearing fruit is fruit that remains. That's why we're always checking the testimonies. Because it's if of God, it will remain. All right? Bearing fruit, and the result is that you then grow in knowing God more and more. I know I am. <laughs> grow in knowing God. So and as a result, so we grow in knowing God, so now God fills us. You see the loop? That's a pretty good loop. Now, who's the one powering this loop? God fills us. Spirit gives. God makes us worthy. God is pleased. Wow. Anybody, anybody here experience that sin is like a slip and slide into hell? Anybody here, you're like doing good until you screw up one time, and then you're like, well, well, all in, baby. I guess we're done here. Nobody? Three of us? Blink twice, if you know what I'm talking about. I used to be so impressed with the slip and slide of hell, so whether it was in, in sin or it was in sickness or, you know, anybody here, you just start getting better physically and then everything comes on wire. And this impression with this downward pull of hell. And God goes, you know, that spiral goes the other way too. And the power of God lifts us way more than hell pulls us. Gravity, we don't have to deny gravity to get above it. Anybody been on an airplane? The law of thermodynamics, aerodynamics, right, causes you to rise above it. <sighs> All right, but the great thing is there's a little side effect. What's the side effect? That therefore, you and I are strengthened. Uh, with, with all power, how much power? So might you have all power you need? Just saying. All power, come on, according to his glorious might. In other words, how limited is it? Unlimited, Unlimited. come on. Uh, so that we might have endurance and patience. It, what does that mean? Keep on keeping on. Stay in this cycle. Stay in it. Stay in it until what? And giving joyful thanks that you... So that we're qualified for the inheritance. Danya asked me such a good question yesterday. She said, was it, or the day before maybe. She said this. She said, if God already forgave us all sins on the cross, do we need to ask him for forgiveness? And I said, that's a good question. I said, I think it's like this. Mommy and daddy make, uh, buy Christmas presents, put them under the tree. They're yours but you have to unwrap them. When we come and ask him for forgiveness, we're simply unwrapping what he's already given us. 
That's what it is. And so our inheritance, listen, you and I have just gotten the first foretaste of our fullness of our inheritance. Anybody found the further you go in the kingdom, the more presents there are to unwrap? And so this endurance and patience keeping you in the cycle so that you can unwrap the fullness of your inheritance in Christ. The fullness of what it means. Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right, so that is the four. If this is true, everything else comes out of that, okay? Does that make sense? All right, let's do this. Ready to get to work? Awesome. All right. Whoa. All right. Okay, let's go. Verse 13. For he has rescued us. Rescued. Rescued. Um... If you're being rescued, what is your job? <laughs> All right. Anybody here fought the rescue? You know, I, I did a lifeguard training and, uh, at one point, and uh, one of the things they said is the most dangerous thing is a drowning person. They'll drown you, you know? Um, they're going to climb out of the water on top of your head. <laughs> And, uh, and so one of the things that happens is you actually dive in under them and come up behind them and get them in a full Nelson or drag them out against their will. Rescue is often in spite of the rescued. Does that make sense? So rescued. Who rescued? Jesus. All right. He rescued us from the dominion, domination, control of darkness. Okay, so... What is darkness? Darkness is actually nothing. It is an absence of light. But I have a question for you. Where can I go from his presence? Where can I hide? Where is he's everywhere? Even if I go to the hell, there he is. Anybody found him in hell? Like you're like, Jesus, you shouldn't be here. This is not your kind of neighborhood. He's like, yeah, it's all right. I killed this on the cross. The thing is, is darkness is nothing. In fact, it is lack. Domination, it's a lie. It's a trick. And so domination, control of darkness, domination, think of it, it's like the mafia. It's, you got to pay us. Anybody here been in a, in a mafia contract with the devil where you're constantly paying up and nothing's coming back? We'll let you live. Oh, yay. That's it? right? But the domination, the control of, of lack. Anybody here been tricked by the idea that you lack something? So you went looking for it and ended up worse than you were before. Okay, let's get real. All right. We've all been single in our lives. Anybody here, you've been single and you start to realize you lack. <laughs> and you went looking and you shouldn't have. Okay, let me put it another way. Midnight in your house, you suddenly realize you have a lack. And you go looking for it. You tracking with me? The lie of lack is what tricks us over and over again. But he single-handedly rescued us from the domination control of darkness. Hear this. The devil wants to control you. God doesn't. God wants to empower you. The devil, but even the devil had in his worst day. You guys remember the worst demonized guy? He had a legion of demons. He could drag his demons to Jesus. The, listen, the devil can't control you, but he can trick you into thinking he can. You are not dominated by your lusts, your passions, addictions. 
you have the authority to bring them to the throne. And he has brought us. Imagine a dead body. He has brought us into the kingdom. Well, you know what a kingdom is? It's a family business. It's a family. He's brought us into the kingdom where his rule and authority makes room for relationship and life. Oh, and it's the, what kind of kingdom? The kingdom of the son he loves. Listen, you, anybody here raised with the idea that God hates you, but Jesus saved you anyway? You know what I mean? Like, oh, God can't stand you. I can't look on sin. Oh, it's too horrible. Oh, Jesus says, that's okay, Father. I'll go and die for them. Oh, somebody's going to die for it. Better be you. Bam! That is not the gospel. See, the Father and the Son are one. And the Father and Son are like, whoa, we're going to get our kids back. And Jesus said, oh, me, 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 me. <sighs> Listen, it was sin that killed Jesus, but it didn't work. God didn't kill Jesus. And in fact, the lie of separation is that Jesus was separated on the cross. You know why that's a lie? Because if he, he starts by saying, oh my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, right? Sounds like God abandoned him. But if you look at that, he's quoting the entirety of Psalm 22, which ends with the understanding, you never left me. Yeah, The lie of lack is when I can't feel him, he's gone. Listen, your feelings are one of the indicators on the dashboard of life. They are not reality. So he has brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. It's a kingdom of love. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So we're rescued, we have redemption, and the forgiveness of sins. I've discovered in my life that the slavery in my life has happened from three areas. One... I had nothing to do with it. Anybody have some issues in your life? You had nothing to do with it. It's just life hit you like a ton of bricks. The others, anybody have ones where you got sold into slavery by other people? In other words, anybody inherited some things from your family that you really wish you hadn't? So that's redemption. Redemption is buy you out of slavery. And the final thing is anybody have some things in your life that, well, let's just be frank, it's all on me. Anybody? So he's like every single one. Doesn't matter what hell you've got in your life, what lack, he has an answer for it. And he has done it all. Why is the lie of lack so dangerous? Because it invites me to try to add my work to Jesus' work. And when I do that, I walk away from Jesus. All right, let's keep this party rolling. Oh my gosh. Oh, listen, I, I'm just going to be real. Can we roll back to that one, the 13? Um, we were on vacation. We were in a hotel. Any, where are my feelers? Okay, listen, here's the lie of being a feeler is that you are under the domination of your atmosphere. That is a lie because in him, we're not. But if you not be in him, then you is. Okay, so I woke up in the middle of the night, the first night, and I have never had such whacked out thoughts in my life. Like, they were professional level. Like, they'd obviously rolled in some demons from out of state. I don't know. Anyway, I was like, wow. Like, I thought of things I'd never even thought was an option. I was, it, was, it was the level of insanity was crazy. And, I was, and anybody done this, it's like your windshield wipers. And then just the bugs keep coming, you know? And I'm like, Jesus. And then the Lord finally, anybody been dumb for a while and then suddenly got smart? I went, oh. He said, remember the verse you've been meditating on? Yeah. He rescued 
me from darkness. You rescued me from the domination control of darkness. By the time I got to darkness, I fell asleep. If you are dominated in your thoughts, have a new thought. Get you some of this inside you. Chew on it. Because then when you need it, you can pull it up. God can remind you of his word. Oh, listen, you can't fight the devil. You can just give in to Jesus. Stay with me. You can't fight the devil. That's the trick. Anybody had this? I had an older brother. Every single day after school. What you doing? What you doing? What you doing? <laughs> what was he waiting for me to do? React, slug him. Because then it was on. Thunk! Now I'm lying on the ground for the next two hours. That's the way the devil, devil's like, come on, let's party. You want to party? You want to party? You want to party? Oh, Jesus. He has rest. This is the deal. You, we got to understand it is done. If we refight it, we lose. All right, come on. Let's move on. Whew. Now, the reason why, we talked last time about this, the reason why he's having to do this is because they started out with this understanding and then problems in life came along or super smart spiritual people came along and said, uh, 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 you don't understand. And we don't know the full details of what they did, but the level of, of, of silliness that Christians got up to in the first century is really phenomenal. Like, wow. Like, I thought we were good. They're amazing. So they had all these things like, yes, Jesus did that, but. But stink, by the way. So just saying, just keep that in mind. When the enemy comes, but. You know, eh. All right. What happened is they had this idea. Here is God. God is holy. And here is man and the earth, which is evil. And the whole thing is, how do we get from here to here? And so some people said, well, Jesus, if he's God, could not truly have become a man. He was just a ghost. Because he can't actually... Another had... He, he was a man, but he never died on the cross. Uh, that was uh, Simon the Cyrene. They did a little switcheroo. Um, so, or others, he was, you know, he was a man, but he somehow climbed up to God right? They had all these different things. One guy said, oh, you know, there are actually 365 heavens. Literally, literally, literally guy in Syria said there are 300. These are movements, by the way. These are like denominations. There were like 365 levels and, you know, you needed to work it, you know, you needed a revelation for each one to get past. But one of my favorites, oh my gosh, this is beauty. This is beauty. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. There's two favorites. Oh, this one's good. One is, they actually said God, the God, was the serpent in the garden, and it defeated Yahweh, who was actually a sub-God, to give revelation to man to become God. This is why you need your Bibles. I'm just saying. There's a lot of weird stuff out there, and they'll be like, Listen, nobody's revelation ever trumps the word. Listen, listen, listen. I got another one. This is the dumbest of them all. This is so amazing. These people thought the Bible was written backwards. So the number one hero in the Bible was Cain. And they literally flipped everything 180 degrees. Listen, anybody been dumb? 
Listen, the Bible is a good cure for that. But this is why Paul's going back and going. So what you're about to see is a game of whack-a-mole. Whack a heresy, whack a, a false revelation, whack anything that comes between the fullness of what Jesus did on the cross. You guys ready? <sighs> I'm not into this. No, not at all. All right. The sun, so what kind of kingdom it is, is, is determined by the nature of the sun. But the sun is what? He is the image of the Father. Why is that word image? Image is not just he's a picture. He is the exact representation, three-dimensional, of what God looks like. If you see something in Jesus, it's in the Father. Every bit of it. That's what Hebrews 1.3 says. The exact representation. He is the image, the essence. He is God. And therefore, he is also the firstborn over all creation. Well, how can he be God if he's the firstborn? That's a great question. Listen, the mystery, the first three or four hundred years, the church spent so much time trying to fight over these issues of how does Jesus, God and man, the whole creeds are dedicated to this. And it's so important that we never Either So at any given time, you and I are in one extreme or the other. Jesus, we treat him as God, or Jesus, we treat him as man. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He's a man. He's my friend. We just like cozy. You know, you know we, we, uh, he doesn't tell me what to do. He just cuddles me. Anybody? Anybody found that sometimes then you need to come up and meet him as God? <laughs> get spanked. Yeah, no, the thing is we will all our lives swing back and forth because it's a mystery that he's 100% God and 100% man. But only because he's 100% God and 100% man can he save us and pass the 365 levels to God. That's why our union with him in Christ on the cross makes all the difference because we pass, go, and collect $200. We go, we, every issue gets dealt with in his life. Everything. Now, but when you and I start to try to deal with these issues on our own, guess where we end up back down? Out here, working it out on our own, trying to climb the ladder. Anybody tried to peel the onion of your inner healed self? How many layers you got? Way more than 365. Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody done a deep dive into your, your navel of yourself to find out how screwed up you are? Anybody? Come out edified? No, 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 no. No, God, we are going to be unpacking the fullness of what he has done in us. And we're going to get more and more expressions of that healing. But we don't do it. He does it in us. All right. For in him all things were created. Things in heaven, things on earth. That seems pretty comprehensible. Visible and invisible. Why? Because they were like, the invisible is really the most true whatever. He's like, invisible too. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority. Listen, you know people have gotten off track trying to figure out what the powers and thrones and authorities are? Do you know what he's doing? He's playing whack-a-mole. He says, I don't care if you got a throne. I don't care if you got an authority. I don't care what you got. Jesus is over that all things have been created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things hold together when you're reading paul pay attention to the alls because he doesn't stutter it's pretty all-inclusive all all he is before all things and all things hold together because the greeks were like there is a first mover and the, he's the one he's like i was there first dibs all right 
He is the head of the body of the church. Listen, God didn't create a body and then just send it off into outer space. He's fully present here with us today. Listen, you don't have to leave. If you're, listen, anybody been in a church and struggling because you happen to be in a church? Anybody been in a church and it would have been great as long as there were other, no other people there? You know what I'm talking about? And anybody here had this conversation with God? God, I could follow you in this body if. No. No, no, you know what I'm talking about. Like, I need to vote these three people off the island. If they would just listen to me and recognize how awesome I am and give me all authority and power, it would be great. The thing is, is even in this broken, messed up body, he is the head that we appeal to. We do not. Uh, like, because there's this thing, again, what, I don't know what your line is, but I have my own lines where I am following God and I'm just living out of his love and life until I stub my toe. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where you have us, where's your line where you step out of God and into yourself? Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, let's just take a moment. Okay. Well, okay, let me ask a question. Give me some feedback. What's, can, out your neighbor's line. What are some things that cause us to step out of, because a lot of, you remember what we're supposed to be doing? We're giving strength and power, all power to do what? To have endurance and patience. Anybody found in the waiting is when you get dumb? Right? You're waiting for breakthrough, and that's when we get dumb. That's why we need God to do the work in us so that we stand firm and don't step out and do stupid. Does that make sense? He is the, and so even as we're struggling in a body that is broken, a body that is imperfect, we are not perfect. Anybody figured that out? The most terrifying thing are the people who come new to the church and like, this is heaven on earth. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Lower your expectations really quick. This is not going to end well. The quicker I offend you, the better this is going to be, right? You know, I, I can tell some people they still got rosy eyes at six months on it. I'm like, I just want to trip you just on purpose, just to get it over with. Uh. Oh, Jesus. He says, he is the head of the body of the church, and he's the beginning and the firstborn from the dead. Listen, even death, death is a lack of life. Even that, in this, that he might have what? What does he have? All supremacy. What does that mean? Is there anything that is over Jesus? Is there anything that Jesus doesn't have authority over? Is there anything that can stand up to him? No. You and I need to settle that once and for all. It will save us out of a lot of silliness. Right? Because who, who of us in waiting, 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 have jumped out of waiting and gone, you are my only hope, whatever it is. Anybody? Anybody waiting on the right job and then you're like, fine, I'll do this one, even though I'm losing my soul in the process. Yeah. Same thing in relationships, right? Anybody waiting for Ms. Wright and then you just took Ms. Wright here? Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you must be the one he sent. I think he has better taste. Just saying. Right? No. But the reality is even the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. The gen most genius thing I did in my life was walking away from Masha for two years when we first met. Because I was like, I'm, she's too good for me. Gave me two years to come up to Masha level. Well, at least where I could see Masha level. <laughs> uh, 
No, this is so important. Is he is there to help us to wait upon him? All right. For God was pleased. You want to know how, how we please God? Watch this. God was pleased to have his all his fullness. That's a lot of full and all, all fullness. The fullness of God to dwell in him. So listen, what he's trying to say is there's no other way. There's no other way than Jesus. There's no other around about. There's no way to find another, you know, don't, don't appeal to St. Paul. Don't appeal to Mary. Don't appeal to, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Everything. The answer is Jesus. And through him to reconcile to himself all things. How many things? Okay, so reconciliation, it says reconcile everything to God. You know why that's important? God didn't need to be reconciled to anything because God never had a problem. God has never been offended. I grew up with this idea that when Adam and Eve uh, sinned, God was like, get out of my garden. Never talking to you again. Come back when you're better. But the reality is you see God pursuing them out of the garden. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Even Cain, Cain kills his brother. And the first thing he has, hey, what you doing, Cain? Listen, there's never been a moment when God has needed to be reconciled to us. He has always been pursuing us with everything he has. There's no place in hell, no stupidity you and I can do that God's like, want to hang out? Some of us have been taught this lie that if you sin, you can't hear God. That's a lie because Nebuchadnezzar, a demonized king, Ahimelech, a demonized king, Pharaoh, a demonized king, all heard God. Listen, God is not deaf, dumb, and blind. He's not, oh, you sinned, I'm powerless now. No, your sin does not disempower God, but the belief that your sin does, does disempower you from saying yes to God. For he was pleased to have all his fullness well, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. This is one of the beautiful things about what Brian and Steph are leading us all in doing out at, at the uh, flea market is there's this idea that God's already reconciled to all these people. All we're doing is just letting them know. Hey, by the way, you won the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes. Would you like to open the package? Right? We're not, like, we're not offended, man. We got, you know, the guy's reading tarot cards. We're like, hey, Jesus loves you. Who cares? I'm not impressed with your tarot cards. I'm impressed with Jesus. See, whatever I'm impressed with, I empower. Listen, listen, I, Masha and I have seen levels of hell you guys can't imagine, and I'm not impressed. I don't care what has been done to you. I don't care how you've been abused. I don't care how you, listen, I know it's bad, but you and I have got to take this moment to say nothing, not what's been done to me, not what I did to myself, will deny the supremacy of Jesus Christ over me and over my situation to bring life out of hell. Nothing will separate you or me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, every time I get impressed with the devil, I quit listening to Jesus. Listen, the devil's a baddie, but he's just, he, he's defeated. And I, listen, I always get this picture. It's like, it's like I'm, in the, I'm in the ring, I'm the midget in the ring with, with uh, you know, Hulk Hogan or whatever. And I'm like, ah, ah, ah. And, and God's just like, and Andre the Giant on the ropes going, tag me in. That's it. He wins. He wins. He wins. All right. All right. 
Hmm, where did I go? I lost myself. All right, but whether, he said, reconciled with him, whether things on earth, things in heaven, or by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Romans 5.1 says, for we have been justified because we have been justified by his blood. We have peace with God. Do you know what peace is, that word peace is? It is the abundance and the powerful life, goodness in every single area of your life. He made it himself, fresh-baked for you and me. Whatever you and I lack, it's a lie, but it's actually a hole for him to put his fullness in. Whatever it is you and I lack, if we will bring that lack before God and say, God, I can't. God, I don't know what to do. God, help me wait. Help me stand. Deliver me from my own stupidity. Give me your wisdom. Guess what? He will. Whether things on earth, making peace through his blood shed on the cross because he paid the highest price, his life for ours. Why am I getting lost? I can't, there we go. I'm getting too much fun. Here we go. Here we end. For to me, I'm in Philippians again. Guys, what is with you guys? Messy, that's like, I'm like, I can't find it. My Bible has issues. Apparently you're going to Philippians. You guys are awesome. Wow. I was like, this is not the verses. These are not the droids you, we sent. I were looking for whatever. All right. All right. Shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds. You and I, at the worst moment of our lives, from the moment of our birth, have never been alienated from God except in our minds. Every moment he was there with you. There, every moment he was with you. Every moment he was working for your good. You know how I know? Is you're still alive. Anybody here done a few things in your life where you rolled the dice a few too many times? You're like, Russian roulette, we got one in six chances, 20th, 2000th time I'm spending it. And you still can't come. You are alive because God has been pursuing you, protecting you from yourself. Whew. He's still doing it. He said, in your minds, because of your evil behavior. Anybody here, you, you've done something, and immediately a whole host of lies become to manifest in your mind. Right? And, oh, God will never use me again. Oh, it's over. Oh. Anybody know that voice? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's like karaoke. You're like, sing these words. I'm a worm and not a man. Oh, my goodness. Listen, listen. For me to have any thought about myself that doesn't originate in the heart of God is the guaranteed recipe for stupidity. And it doesn't matter if I just provided evidence of my own stupidity. It should not trump what God says. And here we end. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Anybody want to be free from accusation? Anybody, anybody know what it's like to be accused in, the, in your own mind? Here's how. If you continue in your faith. Faith in what? that it's done. You continue in trusting, believing that what he has done is enough. This is so important. It's, listen, you and I can step out of the experience of every day as Christmas unwrapping presents of our inheritance. We can step out of that. Anybody done that? Anybody taken a, a vacation from that to hell? 
We can do that. If we step out of this place of trusting in him, trust, faith is trust. If you continue in faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope, the hope held out for you in the gospel. There is no other gospel. There is no other hope. We talked about this the last time. What is hope? Hope is not, I feel hope he can't come through. Hope is you and I each have testimonies already in our lives of the presence of Jesus. You and I have experiences you and I have had of breakthrough. You and I have breakthrough in our bodies, in our finances, in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We, that is the foretaste that is the guarantee of the full load of presence under the Christmas tree. And he said, don't step away from the hope you've already tasted, but double down on it, expecting the fullness that I've promised. How I start is how I finish. Anybody here, you, uh, you, uh, you needed a, uh, you needed $5,000 and out of and no options, no options. Then suddenly God came through. And then a few days later, you needed another $5,000 and you're like, oh, it's over. And you know what I'm talking about? We have got to stand on the testimony of what God has already done in our lives so that we can experience the fullness he has for us to stay in that place of perseverance and endurance empowered by the spirit to live that out. Does that make sense? Woo, if we can have the worship team come up. Woo. If I can just say this, the one thing I hope you got, considering I said it 43 times, is it's about him. If it's about me, it's about lack. But if it's about him, there's more than enough. In every situation, he is more than enough for whatever I'm facing, if I will stay in this place of faith. Let's stand. Father, I, I know that every single one of us have places in our lives right now where we have got to stand. We've got to stand in perseverance and endurance, trusting that you're enough. Every single one of us have areas of our lives where we partnered with the lie of lack, and we have stepped away from the fact that you are enough, that you will guide us into all righteousness. So Lord, we come before you, and we make an offering of those areas, and we say, Father, fill us. Fill us to stand.